0: Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting
1: KQED podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
2: From KQED. I'm starting today's episode at John C. O'Connell High School. It's the beginning of October, and I'm here for the school fair, where there's probably more than 70 schools that all are represented here and hundreds if not thousands of parents and kids running about uh, trying to figure out where it's best for their kids to go to school. You can definitely feel in the room that there's a lot of anxiety around it.
0: My name is Ines Souza and we live in the Lower Haight, San Francisco. And what do you make of this fair today? I I feel stressed (laughs) just because uh, this is a full-time job. And right now, I'm not sure how I'm going to fit in this process into our already full lives.
2: Sousa is stressed because sending your kid to public school in San Francisco isn't a simple process. When I went to kindergarten in suburban Pennsylvania, I just went to the school in my neighborhood. It was all pretty straightforward. But that's not how San Francisco and some other cities in America do it. Parents are shopping schools at this fair because they have a choice in the matter. A kindergartner here could go to any of the 72 elementary schools in the entire city.
0: It's it's really a very windy route. It's just very overwhelming. Parents
2: do get to list their most wanted schools, but there's no guarantee where their kid will end up. It could be a 45-minute drive across town or at a low-performing school. It's this uncertainty that drives parents crazy. I'm Olivia Allen Price. You're listening to Bay Curious, where we explore the Bay Area one question at a time. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes.
0: Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
2: This week's question comes from Carolyn Pan. She's baffled by the way San Francisco assigns kids to public school using a system known as the lottery. My question is, what is the lottery system? What What is the purpose of having a lottery? And is it working to accomplish that purpose? Katrina Schwartz from KQED's MindShift team is here with the answers. Carolyn felt totally stressed
1: out trying to navigate this system, and she's not alone.
0: Hi, I'm Jenny Williams. I have two children, two girls. Emma is five, and she'll be six in a couple of weeks, and Lily is four,
1: and she just turned four in August. Jenny went into the school assignment process feeling pretty calm. She really wanted to send her daughter Emma to the San Francisco Public Montessori School, but she was open to other options. After submitting her list of favorite schools, she waited for months to hear from the district. Finally, a letter came. Emma didn't get into any school they wanted. Did it feel like gambling? Um, It felt like we just kept losing. We got four letters that said, sorry, we can't help you. Emma was placed at a school that they specifically did not want, one of the least popular schools in the district. It's
0: horrible. Yeah, you just feel really like punched in the gut a little bit.
1: Why put parents through this emotional ringer? Well, this stressful system is San Francisco's solution to an issue many schools across the country are dealing with. Racial segregation.
0: This is Central High School, Little Rock, Arkansas. Troops, which for nearly
1: three weeks lined the sidewalk here in front of the high school, under orders to keep the colored students out, have been replaced now. Their orders to comply with the law, which means... All schools were called on to desegregate after Brown v. Board of Education in the 1950s. But by the 1970s, San Francisco still hadn't made much headway. Today, a federal district court again took up the matter of San Francisco school desegregation. Like so many times in the past, however, the decision did not resolve the issue as much as lay new groundwork for future debate. The district started busing kids to different neighborhoods. Children of different racial backgrounds are coming to know one another for the first time in school as well as in their own front yard. It was a forced integration plan that parents hated. And affluent parents began leaving the district in droves, so busing was eventually overturned. There's very little doubt that when the anti-busing amendment gets on the ballot, it'll pass handily. Then in the 80s and 90s, we get parental choice. In order to keep parents from leaving altogether, the district tried a combination of racial quotas and choice, all aimed at achieving a more equal mix of students at each school. But that came to a screeching halt after race-based admissions were challenged in court. The district tried a few other ways to do student assignment, eventually settling on the lottery system we have today. It's a blend of parental choice and a somewhat mysterious secret algorithm. Here's the short version of how it works. Parents list the schools they want, and then the district runs this complicated algorithm that takes into account a few priorities. If the student already has a sibling at the school. If the student is coming from an area of the city with the worst test scores. And lastly, attendance area. I should mention, the district won't let anyone see the algorithm. We did ask. They say it's proprietary. If parents aren't happy after the first round, they can enter a second round. And then right at the end, sometimes kids get into their first choice school off a wait list because of last-minute shifts. That answers two of the questions from our listener, Carolyn Pan.
2: But now, the big one. Does it work? It's not creating more diversity in our schools. That's Orla O'Keefe, the school district's
1: go-to person on questions about the lottery. She sees a lot of upset parents. Is this job, like, emotionally difficult?
2: Yes, of course it is. I mean, you, you, I mean, the physical pain as well as the mental pain is intense. O'Keefe
1: wants to see all the city schools be more diverse, but admits the lottery isn't doing that right now. More than a fifth of the district schools enroll a majority of one race, and some schools are almost entirely Latino at this point. Parental choice was supposed to be the saving grace that helped San Francisco schools finally integrate in ways that made everybody happy. And it does allow kids from the toughest areas a way out. But choice is complicated. You'd think that every kid in a bad neighborhood, his parents would want him to go to the best school, even if it is across town. But that isn't always how it works. Choosing a school is a whole family decision. Astrid DeLeon wanted a bilingual program. Without a car, Laurel Gaddy needed school to be walkable. Proximity was the most important thing. Transportation is a huge issue for many families, affecting school choices and after-school care. Raquel Knighton.
2: Sometimes it can be a hassle because it kind of restricts you on where your child can go.
1: And remember, parents are sending 5-year-olds off to school, sometimes for the first time. And that's scary. Rosa Gonzalez wants to be close by in case something happens to her baby. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mink Lincoln-Price is looking for a school that's actively working to improve outcomes for black boys, boys like her sons. I know that sometimes when you get there and you ask them these tough questions, um, they might you know, have an answer on the spot or something, but you could kind of um, feel or know if they're really working on it, like they say. And sometimes it just feels easier to choose what's familiar. Many times it's like me and my husband are like the only black people in the room. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like, this is so strange. No one's like even saying hi or anything. And so, I mean, it, it does get uncomfortable sometimes, Orla O'Keefe from the district says all these different motivations are what make this so hard. The
2: needs and desires of every family are different. And so it's really hard to create a system that's going to make everybody happy. For the district, parental choice is a catch-22.
1: Parents leave the school district without it. But with it, even with the best of intentions, parents choose schools in patterned, segregated ways. If you've got choice patterns that
2: are racially isolated, how can choice solve it? And if you've got residential patterns that are racially isolated, how can neighborhoods solve it? Right now, the district's
1: primary strategy is to lure families to schools in different parts of the city with various academic programs.
2: So Katrina, I know you looked at the numbers. Does this lottery system actually create any more opportunity for kids who at least live in those low test score priority areas?
1: Well, if you look at the applicants in the first round of the lottery, 61% get their first choice school. But if you look at only the students with that low test score preference, 87% get their first choice. So, yeah, it is giving them a
2: higher preference. But that still isn't leaving San Francisco schools any more integrated.
1: Yeah, and that's partly because choice is so complicated. People aren't necessarily choosing what you'd think they would. And also, remember Jenny Williams from the beginning of the story? She ended up really liking that school that she thought she didn't want. It was a genuine surprise and, like, diamond in the rough. And, you know, we were, we really liked it. And I heard that from more than one parent. So there's something to be said for just showing up and investing in the school
2: no matter what. There's just so much here, and it's such a complicated issue. We put more information about enrollment patterns on the Bay Curious website. KQD's data reporter, Lisa Pickoff-White, analyzed the 2017 lottery to see how some common tips and tricks that parents use to try and game the system actually play out statistically. Stuff like, does putting down the same school more than once really help? Or maybe listing dozens and dozens of schools on your list? Head to baycurious.org to find out what we found. And if you want to hear more education stories, especially ones about how teaching and learning are changing, you should check out the MindShift podcast that Katrina co-hosts. Katrina, what can listeners look for in your most recent season?
1: We feature stories about educators who are taking on some of the most difficult problems in education and doing something unique about them. So one of my favorite episodes is actually about a San Francisco middle school principal who took on the behavior issues he was seeing in his school in this kind of new and interesting whole school way. It's really fun.
2: Check it out. So that's the MindShift podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Katrina Schwartz. And a big thanks to Carolyn Pan, our question asker this week. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price.
0: Thanks for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, The world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck!